1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Blissful Living. This is the queen of feeling fabulous, Rochelle Marie Lawson, and I have a wonderful show in store for you today. It's really about all the things we talk about here on Blissful Living with regards to how there are many, many things that happen in our life, but we can make those things become the most extravagant, the most fabulous, the most blissful parts of our life when we know what to do. And so this is what this show is really, really all about. And you're going to learn a little bit about inspired living. Hmm, doesn't that sound intriguing? If you're not living a life that's inspired by the things you love, or you are already living a life that's inspired and you want to take it up a notch or two or ten or a thousand, then you definitely want to tune in because today's guest, is going to share her wisdom about that with us. Before we get started, I want to thank our sponsors. The first sponsor is the Health Healing and Wellness Company, and they have some wonderful specials that are going on um, for you each and every month, particularly this month. So you want to check them out out at healthhealingwellness.com. I know there's Getting ready to be an extravagant launch with regards to a new product, and so it's something that if you're interested in, again, go to healthhealingwellness.com dot com, or you can even come here to blissfulliving blissful dash living dot net and find out Scoop on this webpage as well. The second sponsor I want to thank is a telecommunications company that has been around for over a quarter of a century, located in the beautiful northern California area of Silicon Valley. And they're a telecom installation company that sets up the backbone of how we how we communicate with our customers and how we communicate with the people within our own businesses. They set up the network distribution behind that so that every time you pick up that phone or every time you go to use your computer, it's connected. And they say, their motto is, they make the right connections the first time so that there's no delay and no money lost in you communicating with those that you need to do business with. For more information about All Day Cable Inc., you can go to alldaycableinc.com. Dot com. So let me tell you a little bit as I want to jump into today's show, and I've already got you intrigued about Inspired Living. Now today's guest is Kelly McGrath Martinson and she comes to me um by quite a surprise. I received something wonderful in the mail I wasn't expecting it, and it happened to be something about how I can take my already blissful life and elevate it into a blissfully inspired life by living inspired. So let me tell you a little bit about Kelly. Now, um, let me tell you a little bit about this delightful book, first of all. Her book, her new book that she's written called Inspired Living, is, um just that. It's a year of inspired living with essays and exercises for self-reflection. Now, I'm going to tell you a little bit more about the book and how you can get the book later in the show, but I want to get you engaged with Kelly because... She has a wealth of experience. Mm. She took the time to write this phenomenal book for us, and she really is a person that is really living an inspired life. Inspired living will help you discover the life you want to lead, the person you want to be, and the impact you want to have on the world. Now, Kelly is the publisher of Natural Awakening Long Island, a wellness magazine that promotes feeling good, living simply, and laughing more. Each month, she writes a letter to readers that helps them to set their monthly intention. The response has been overwhelming with readers sharing how the letters speak to them in deeply personal ways and provide a new perspective on everyday issues that spark change in their lives. Now, her new book is a delightful compilation of essays based on these letters. It speaks with wisdom, humor, and raw honesty to help you reach the hidden corners of your life and develop a greater wellness of your own relationships and life journey. And you know, one of the models here is we're always telling you that every one of us on this planet has our own individual path to bliss. Why not have things that can help us make our path to bliss even more blissful as we travel down it. And so without any delay, I want to welcome Kelly to the show. Welcome, Kelly, to Blissful
0: Living. Thank you so much for having me, and what a nice introduction. Um, <laughs> it, it, it sounds great. I want to read the book. <laughs> um, <laughs>
1: Well, no, that's um, good because if you you're the person that wrote it and I've introduced you in such <laughs> a manner that you want to read it like you've never heard of it, then, yeah, that was well, great. then you're off to a really good start. <laughs> that's great, yeah. Um Well so now, Kelly, tell I wanna jump in. I want you to tell um the listeners. I wanna give them just a little bit of background be before way before um Inspired Living ever came about You know, I mentioned in the intro that you have um, this natural awakening, Long Island. I take it, this wellness magazine, I take it that you reside somewhere in Long Island?
0: Yeah, I actually, um, I live in Long Beach, Long Island, and uh, roughly six years ago um, is when I The the book is really a guided journaling book, and it's a way to inspire other people to read these essays and to write their own sort of relationship with whatever the topic is. And the reason, just to give a little background about where Long Island fits in, is um, when I was getting ready to put this book together, it started about five years ago, and I live on Long Island, and I had everything set up for the book, for the magazine. I was starting a new, you know, footstep on my blissful path, and Hurricane Sandy, Hurricane Sandy, actually barreled through my town, and Long Beach, Long Island, was devastated by Hurricane Sandy. And um, so, a big, a big inspiration for this book is actually watching my town redevelop support each other through community um Ooh. you know a lot of that's written in there so it was just funny when you asked where i was from long island is a big part and especially long beach long island which is this tiny little surf community off of queens uh that it's really uh, prominent in the book because of what happened 5 years ago and just the community and the power of we as we got through it it was really nice and something inspiring
1: Wow, you know, that's interesting because um, my oldest child um, at that time was living in Queens. He was going to St. John's. during. um, He was in his last year of college during uh, Superstorm Hurricane Sandy. And so um, his stories that he shared with me, uh, you know, we're from California, so we don't have hurricanes. We have other natural things, but we don't have hurricanes. And so him being a boy from California – and going through, you know, Superstorm um, Sandy was just an interesting experience for him. And when you talk about how your community was devastated by this storm, this hurricane, and how you guys came together and supported each other to rebuild the community um, into an inspired living community, that within itself is just a story to share because that that storm was – Mother Nature wasn't playing back on that day. Yeah, she decided it was, to, you know, unveil upon you guys back east in, in New York. So that that's wonderful um, to hear that this book is um, actually a result of just coming together and in, in creating something wonderful as you all walked down your path to bliss. Now, with right. regards to that, um, tell us a little bit about your wellness magazine.
0: Okay, so Natural Awakenings is actually, Natural Awakenings Long Island is part of a larger group of publishers called Natural Awakenings Magazine, and there's 96 of those magazines all over the United States, and each one of us were publishers, 96 publishers, each one of us owns our own territory, so again, about five years ago, actually one month prior to Hurricane Sandy, I had given up a career as as an executive for a biotech company, and I had given up that career to sort of roll the dice and work in this new space. I wanted to publish this magazine. Um, Specifically, I had worked in research, in a biotech research fashion, and I had met a lot of people that had cancer and they were very late stage. And then my husband at the same time, he had cancer and my Mm -hmm. son had a debilitating epilepsy and everybody was so sick that I happened to be laid off from a job. And I said, I don't want to go back into that sort of wellness. I want to go into preventive wellness. And I kept writing it down on a piece of paper. You know, I know what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to be helping people before they get sick. So I'd been helping them when they're sick, but I knew that the new job for me had to be, to prevent it, to educate, and I would write it down, I would doodle it, and, you know, it made me super aware when I opened a page to this magazine, a page I had flipped 500 times, I read it every month, and I never saw that it was for sale, but after okay. writing so many times, it just made my myself so much more aware of what I was looking for, and then I could see it. And I saw that this magazine was for sale, and you could buy this territory. And I thought, that's what I want to do. I want to utilize a magazine to reach the masses and focus on wellness and disease prevention. So it's almost it's modeled almost like prevention magazine. It's got Mm -hmm. you know a conscious eating section, a mindful section, an inspiration section, a fit body section. You know, it's
1: yeah. I actually aware of um natural awakenings um uh, because I'm part of the Holistic Chamber of Commerce in Northern California and um they're one of the um, sponsors oh, of nice. the chapter. Yeah. So it, it is it is a very um good magazine if you're someone out there looking for more information about um preventative preventative health and just how to stay healthy and well and something you might want to check out. Now, Kelly, with regards to natural awakenings and, you know, you you share this story about the cancer, particularly with your husband, because it's most personal that we were able to, when things are most personal, we're able to tap into areas within ourselves to be inspiring to those that definitely can use a little lift or a little boost that are having challenging times. With regards to the journey that you were going through um, with your husband and then other people that you knew that were suffering from this you know this cancer and you coming from the biotech industry, what are some of the enlightening things that you can share with the listeners with regards to what inspired you during that time to be an inspiring person to those around you that that was suffering at that time from um, cancer.
0: So for me, I will say I was very blessed that during that time I drew inspiration from my husband, who was such a warrior in his disease and that was very inspiring to see. And not only a warrior in his disease, he didn't let his disease own him. He would still go surfing. He would still live his life. He would still piggyback the kids. So, you know, all of that was very inspiring to see. So I I derived a lot of inspiration from him. But... Another huge source of inspiration, some, what the cancer that my husband had was called cholangiocarcinoma. It's an extremely rare bile duct cancer. And mm-hmm. he had an autoimmune disease that this, this bile duct cancer is sometimes a 5% of people with the autoimmune disease get this bile duct cancer. So unfortunately, he drew that lucky straw. He was one of the 5%. And at the time, there was no cure. It was... Uh, really, if you got cholangiocarcinoma as a diagnosis, it was sort of uh, get your affairs in order type of diagnosis. Except for at one institution at the Mayo Clinic at the time, they had a protocol that included chemo, radiation, and a liver transplant. Mm. And interestingly, and this would be a this would be a, a topic for a, you know a ten-hour show, but very interesting. The liver donation procedure goes through UNOS, United Network for Organ Sharing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's a non-biased organ sharing network. So you get on the list for an organ based on your liver score.
1: And mm.
0: at the time, his liver score was fine because his liver wasn't diseased, but he had cancer. So he couldn't wait for a liver be, until his score got high. Um So somebody, let's say, you know, a person who's got cirrhosis of the liver and then Kevin with cancer of the liver, the cirrhosis person, because their liver enzymes are so high, would actually get a liver before him. So what that meant is he couldn't wait until his liver failed or he would pass. Right. Um, Somebody had to step up and give him a liver. And his brother, his older brother, Danny, gave one half of his liver to Kevin. Oh, wow. And let me tell you, one inspiration, there it was. I mean, just watching a perfectly healthy human being walk into an operating room to remove one half of his liver to then be placed into his brother's body, you know, that is where I got, and still to this day when I see Danny, that's his brother, you know, I'm very inspired by him. He's an inspiring guy for a, Tremendous amount of reasons, but just witnessing that, witnessing a completely healthy man walk into a three and a half, four-hour surgery to remove a half of a perfectly healthy organ, you know, to give to somebody else—that's that kind of inspiration. You know, is just wow. That is absolutely
1: amazing and very inspiring. And for those of you guys out there listening, her husband had a particularly form of cancer that affects your bile duct, and your bile duct is right by your pancreas. So anytime you eat anything that... is fatty or anything like that, that bile gets released into your system to help things digest and be metabolize. And generally, it seems like that something that close to your pancreas can actually invade your pancreas or the surrounding organs. So the fact that her husband had this really rare form of cancer and, um, and because his liver at the time had not been infected, quote unquote, so to speak, he was not a top priority candidate. Someone that liver is infected and you know, if they're gonna die if they don't get a liver right away, it's gonna be a higher priority. But she's saying they couldn't wait. Why wait for things to go smash into the wall instead of taking preventative measures even though he had this diagnosis that was you know not a very supposed to be a very good diagnosis you have this brother of his that has no problem comes in and gives half his liver and you know people out there we cannot live without our livers so for someone to give up half their liver to Anybody, brother or stranger or whatever, is a huge gift. And what makes it extra special and inspiring is it's his brother. So he is living inside his brother in a very special way that has them bonded. And that's just the way it seems to me. Um, So, yeah, that's beautiful, Kelly. What a beautiful story. So, you have this situation going on. Now you not only have, like, your husband in the community, you have another person that's super close to you that I'm sure, you know, anything could have happened during that surgery that um, could have went the other way, but it didn't. It went very positive. So when you see your brother-in-law and you're inspired by him, how does this transcend even further out? Because what I want the listeners to understand is that we – We can be inspired by many things, and when we are inspired, it affects us in many aspects of our life. So, Kelly, share with us some more about this inspiration that was manifested from this very challenging time in your life.
0: Sure. I would mention another person as well then, too. I would also say I was inspired not only by him but by his children who they spoke to beforehand, and they said, you know, we're going to take this risk. Um, I think his kids are were 15 and 17 and 18, and my kids at the time were 3 and 5. And, you know, they, Danny and his wife sat, and they talked to their children. And, you know, again, that was really inspiring. Like, what are they showing their children? It's so amazing. And Doreen, my sister-in-law, who was so on board, and I know that she was scared. She had to have been scared. I would have been scared. Um, But she just went right into the operating room and with him, walked him in and just held her head high and said, you know, we've got this. It was just, you know, again, just all these people and the way they handled themselves. And I will say for them, they have a tremendous amount of faith. You know, they, they have a great, mm-hmm. great depth of faith. And I think that's what inspired them. And, you know, the way they were raised to give to others no matter what. Um, right. But that was very inspiring, you know.
1: Wow. Wow. that I mean, again, beautiful, you know, beautiful to hear. Not only um, was it him, the brother, because sometimes you do have a duty to your family that people sometimes can't understand, right? You know, we, we, right, the, your family, your family, your blood, your blood. That, you know, yeah. that's just the way it is. Um, but to have his wife be so supportive and the kids, his children be so supportive and everybody just on board with this very positive energy and this very inspiring way of being, I think helped the whole situation to be absolutely positive. So now, yes. Fast forward from that
0: and tell us how everybody's doing now and everybody and how- is so healthy and wonderful and Yay! um yeah, everybody's great and we have a lot of fun. The boys always go skiing and we go out to eat and yeah, we're all just super, super tight family and everybody's yeah, everybody's doing really, really great. But I will tell you that when you're going through something like that, you know, you're firing from all cylinders. You're just go, 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 and you're not really – there's no time to pause. There's no time – there was no time to meditate or do yoga. Um, There were a bunch of different times where we'd reach sort of a critical point where something was failing or something. And it wasn't until he got healthy when I finally, you know – had the distance to breathe and look back and process it and it's just one of, you know, twelve chapters in the book is is that story and finding inspiration through that experience. Um and not even knowing that you're looking for inspiration in that really you're just you're just firing away. You're just trying to get through, get keep everybody alive. It was a very basic goal, you know, keep everybody alive and happy.
1: Wow. So um Again, that's just an amazing story, and thank you for sharing that with us because it does give the listeners a background as to, you know, you haven't lived this – you know, people not from New York, when you hear Long Island, you think – you know what I'm saying? Like when you hear Hollywood, people automatically think everybody that lives in Hollywood – Right, it's rich. You know what I'm saying. And so Long Island, me being from the West Coast, even though I've been to Long Island, and and, you know, but me from anybody else is probably thinking, oh, you know, they probably were fluent, and you know, they lived in Long Island, and you know, people that live like that, stuff red stuff doesn't really happen to them, but it. you you know, you're just normal people and stuff happens to everyone. So thank you for sharing that story with us. And I want to move a little bit now more into um, some of the things within um, a year of inspired living. I like how you have the book outlined. And what I want to ask you is, you know, there's several chapters or many chapters in the book and the way you've created it. um, For instance, you know, you have, areas for reflection and, you know, areas for learning and guidance and teaching, there's one particular chapter in the book that kind of like, I don't know, it always strikes something with me because I really am um, really into preventative health and and well-being. And so I know that whenever there's an imbalance in our mind and our body and our, our physical state and our emotional state that things can occur. And you shared this wonderful story of inspired living with regards to your family. How, um, with regards to living an inspired life, how important is balance
0: to have? Well, you I think it's your critical. And I think, um, I'll- so many people might say they have it but i don't really think we do we when i see at least what i the people that i come in contact with my girlfriends my family um we pay, we play a lot of roles but there's always a super dominant role so when i was in the biotech company yes i was a mother and when kevin was healthy i was a wife and but at that point I, my dominant role was work 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 and I was flying in airplanes and you know running to meetings and then when that s- s- slowed down or it did slow down because Kevin got sick and then I was my, I'm sorry my predominant role was um caregiver and then that was 80 mm-hmm. percent of my time you know I, I just feel like if you don't balance it then you're really you're 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 missing more than three-quarters of your life. You know, you're missing the the, the points that are so critical, the, the points that you're here for, your kids, your relationships. You know, if I, I if I had continued on my path as, you know, a district manager, a researcher for a biotech company, which I thought I would do. I thought I would do that forever when I first started. Had I continued on that, I would not have the relationships that I have now with my children or my husband, or my friends, or even myself, and that balance of I'm going to go to yoga now. You know, I make that time to meditate, to go to yoga, to ride my bike with my children down the boardwalk. Uh, the, the balance is critical, I think. So, you know, if especially you had, towards inspiration, yeah.
1: Yeah. If you so, if you had um, one one word or one. I'm going to say one few set of words to share with the listeners out there with regards to um, balance. And I loved how you said that I know a lot of people think they're living a balanced life, but they're not. You know, it's a facade. They're they're fooling themselves, but, you know, we can all see it. Just like when people say they're not stressed. But yet we could see it all over them, and by the way the things they do. What is something that you would share with the people out there listening, um, with regards to balance? What is something? I I would go to yoga.
0: But how I would share a mantra that I say, and I remind myself constantly. And that's what this book is meant for. Really, it's not. It's not a book that comes from like a higher place where I know and I tell. It really tries to. Um, relate. It tries to maybe help people read and reframe certain things in their life. So something that works for me to regain balance if I think I'm off or even when I think I'm on, when I think I'm super balanced, I've got it. Um, I always say to myself, be here now. So if I'm you know, on the phone with you doing this interview, I've closed my door. I'm not Putting away the dishes, or you know, whispering to my daughter to get her homework done, which is all the things we do. Right. Uh, but before I I do anything, I try to just take a breath and say, "Be here now." And I think it's really important when we're interacting with our children too, because sometimes they can be frustrating or difficult or. And part of that frustration is often because you're too busy to deal with what you might think is minutia. You know, maybe Mm -hmm. it's, oh, Susie pulled my ponytail. You know, and you're thinking, oh, it's not a big deal. And, I, you know, I've got somebody who's sick, and I've got this, and I've got that. (laughs) But if you just say to yourself, be here now, be here right now with Reagan, and listen to what she's saying. Be here right now on this interview. So that's one thing that I think helps me stay balanced is to be where I am at that moment, you know, and not be in 50 million different places.
1: Oh, I love that. I love that. Um, and I love the whole mantra thing because, you know, you all listening out there, as you go through her, her book, you know, you could possibly create your mantra balance just by doing the reflective exercise in the book that, you know, something might speak to you. So I'm not just, we're not just talking about this to be throwing it out and be woo-woo. It's for real. It works. And, you know, you just have to take that inspired step forward and sh- and check it out and try some things for yourself and watch how your life unfolds and, and changes into a more inspired way of living as you travel down your path to bliss. Now... Another thing I want to ask you, because I've been so piqued by the curiosity and um, wisdom in the book, you know, we live in a society right now, and it's been this way for a while, I guess, but, you know, it seems to be really predominant right now where um, it's all about you, so to speak. You don't care what's going on in someone else's lives, 'cause girl, I got this going on. And wait, yep. listen, you know, you're pretty, you know what I mean? It's all about you. It's like, look at the clothes I'm wearing, look at the shoes I'm wearing, look at the car I'm driving, look at the job I have, look at the money I make, look where I live. You know, yeah, it's me. And wait, your <laughs> problems are secondary, 'cause you know, I got something that can top that. Okay, right, right. I it's mean, all about us. Okay, right. it's all about you. We have people that um, are supposed to be our role models and our leaders, but when you look at them and the message they convey, it's all about them. So it, it just transcends this, This as I like how you say it, narcissism. It's yes. just transcending. It's like um, a liquid ooze that is just fumbling through our society, and it's not really, you know, in a good way. So how often do you think, that people think it's all about them and what can they do about it to realize that it really is not and and they really should think more inspired?
0: (laughs) Yeah, you know what, that's a great, great question because that's something, I mean, I think we all struggle with and um, I think a great example, one of the examples I put in the book is uh, Facebook it can be a wonderful place for people to connect, to see pictures of each other's kids, to share funny mm-hmm. stories, yeah. to, you know, it can be really wonderful. But it can also have sort of this odd vibe because when you're on Facebook, you you people tend to be narcissistic and think everything's about them. So mm-hmm. one of me, the stories... Look at me, look at me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and when you're looking, you think... Oh that person put that up to show me she went to the jet game like even when you're watching you think it's about you so when you're posting you think it's about you when you're watching or you know you're, it's all about you and so one of the things uh, I talk about is just to sort of remind yourself constantly that it's not all about you and it, it's especially good when there's discourse or you know an argument uh one of the examples in the book is When, let's say, your daughter isn't invited to a birthday party and the woman who has the birthday party puts up a picture on Facebook of the five girls that were and you think, oh, I'm going to hit that like button. Just so you know, I do not like that. You know, like, I'm going to let you know I don't like it by letting you know I saw it. Yeah, exactly. You know, (laughs) and in your head, it's all about you. It's all about that picture. Her picture of her daughter and five friends is about you because your daughter wasn't invited. And, you know, the, the book on narcissism asks that you sort of recognize when you do that, recognize when you've made it about you, and... Offer somebody empathy instead and, you know, reserve that that connection that it has anything to do with you. You know, almost like mm-hmm. take your narcissism and flush it down the toilet. More often than not, it has nothing to do with you. For all you know, the woman put up that picture because... Her husband is cheating on her, and she's p- keeping it together by a thread. And this is something she finally feels proud she did something for her for her daughter. Or, or she's a, you know, a mom who works sixty hours a week. And it, it, this post is about her. She doesn't even realize because she works so much right. that your daughter should have been invited. You know, so you can have a lot more peace, and that can be inspiring if you pull out the whole. Oh, this is about me. That's about me. Even when somebody cuts you off, just meet it, you know, in the car, <laughs> they cut you off. The first thing you want to do is give them the finger. Well, at least New York. Oh, no, you didn't. You know, I know that, you exactly. Didn't. Oh, no, what did, what did he just do? Oh, please, you know, but well, we're exactly. not going to if you if you offer the person the kindness that they're not cutting you off because they don't like your car or they think you're driving slowly or you're zoning out at a red light maybe they're cutting you off because they're driving to see their grandfather one last night last time or driving to a job that they're on the brink of being fired from you know or mm-hmm. these kind of things just Pulling yourself out of every equation, this narcissistic society—we put ourselves in every every situation, from it, from the post on Facebook to the guy who cuts us off. We react because we believe it's about us, and you know what? Nine times out of ten, it's not.
1: <laughs> it, uh, oh my goodness, that was like nuggets of gold right there because <laughs> it's so very true. I mean, you know, it's like. It's all. It it, people are just. It just trips me out, and because I worked in the healthcare profession for so many years, I'm a registered nurse, and um, it's just like wow. I I know that there's everyone has a story. Behind yeah. what they do. Sometimes it is, you know, they are doing stuff to get back at you now. You yes. know,
0: that's true. Yeah, for sure. There's your know,
1: <laughs> Most of the time, it really isn't. And we just take stuff and we personalize it when we don't really need to spend our energy doing that kind of stuff. And right, so right. I love we started out about, you know, talked about that because I want to move into. Forgiveness, because you mentioned something, and I hear this all the time. Like my my kids are way way grown, so but I remember sometimes hearing this, particularly with my daughter. Oh no, with both of them, um, with regards to you know, so-and-so did this, and they didn't invite my daughter, and blah, 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 or so-and-so did that, and I can't stand her, and I'm not going to invite her. You know, and it's just like, and it just becomes this, and and then they'll see the person who won't even speak to them. They'll just stop speaking to them for whatever reason. Or someone does something intentionally to harm you, to bring sadness into your life, and you have a really difficult time with it, particularly, with forgiving them or forgiveness. And I know there's a chapter in the book that talks about forgiveness. And so can you share with the listeners just a little bit? Because, you know, I know we all struggle with this, and they always say that when you don't forgive the person, you're not hurting them. You're really hurting yourself. But sometimes when someone does something to you that is unforgivable, how do we become in this of being a forgiveness so that we can live an inspired life?
0: Well, I think, uh, and what we talk about in the book, and it's kind of what you just said, if we just remember that forgiveness isn't, and it, this isn't my quote, it's a quote, though, that I really believe in. It's not, forgiveness is not the act of letting somebody off the hook, because we're always so worried about letting this person get the best of us, you know, but it isn't the act of letting somebody off the off the hook it's it's letting yourself off the hook, you know what I mean it's so that's what forgive- you're not forgiving that forgiveness isn't to free them, it's to right. free you and I think if you view it that way, it's a lot easier um to to offer forgiveness if you say I'm offering forgiveness for for me for me to be able to move on and for, to open space in my life for better things because you know anger, hate grudges, that takes space. We only have a certain amount of space within our body and with our, in our heart and soul. And if it's filled with this anger, resentment, you know, bad feelings, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it, you're, you're not open. You're missing out on other things because it's occupying space. But if you forgive that in person, if you if you let that go, and it doesn't mean you're gonna trust that part. I mean, I am not a I'm not saying everybody be a Pollyanna and somebody could stab you in the back and you go, <laughs> Okay, let me give you let me give you my other side of my back, you can stab me again. I'm right. not saying be naive because that doesn't serve you either. But it's to recognize who a person is and to expect no more than what they have shown you and then move on, that's a sense of forgiveness, you know? And and again yes. it's for you. It's to let you off the hook.
1: I like that, and um it it very very nicely stated because um I you know, like I said, people just um sometimes have a very difficult time with that, and you know forgiveness can lead to an imbalance within that can lead right. to dis ease, so sure, um sure you dis- know ease, you're right Ugh. yeah, mhm, and so it's just um beautiful to hear you share this because. You know, you, I say, are the guru right now. At least on my show, <laughs> you are of um, you know helping us all to live an inspired life. And I like um, how our topic, how our talk is flowing, how we're just flowing into things because, you know, you you shared this story with about your family and the challenge with um, your husband's health, and how you stayed balanced during that that whole you know, um, journey so to speak. And then how we have the choice to forgive or how we have how we should forgive and be forgiving, um, so that we free ourselves so that we do not become unbalanced and have dis ease go on in our minds and our bodies. Sure. But with all of that being said, it starts with making a choice. And, you know, your brother-in-law made the choice to donate to his brother, but he also could have made the other choice not to. So sure. can you share a little bit about your inspiration and your words of wisdom behind, you know, choices that are, that help us to have a more inspired life?
0: Sure, sure. So one of the chapters is on choice. And I and I do want to go back um, to what you were saying about um some of the the words or the wisdom that you found in the book and i'm I'm so glad you have and i I do want to point out one thing and that I think's very important for this book and when I wrote this book, I was writing it to myself. I was coming you know it this was originally a journal, and then I was writing then I owned the magazine and I started sharing it, but still, it was a letter to me it was each one each each piece of advice or wisdom or guidance. It was Kelly telling Kelly, like, hey, Kelly, calm you crazy. It doesn't have anything to do with you. you know." Or, hey, Kelly, look at what your brother-in-law just did. So everything that I was writing, I was writing mm-hmm. to me because I was quieting my own crazy. And people <laughs> were responding, and I was like, oh, I guess other people out there, they got their own crazy too. We all need <laughs> to quiet it, you know. So I do want to say with the book, one of the re- most important things about it is that um, – you know, this is my advice to me, and that's why I leave the blank page, because it may fit a person exactly. I've, you know, so far the reviews and the readers have really been very strong in saying they connect with it, they feel it, they're, oh, they've been in the same exact position. But for the times that maybe they aren't, I left this page for them. I, I wanted this to be a self-help book that was literally self help, them, you know, you, the reader. Um,
1: right.
0: So I did just want to go back to that. And so then the chapter on choices, again, that was, that uh, is just, choices is really just, cho- everything in life is a choice. So so half these topics you could choose um Anger, you're going to choose to stay angry or not. It's your choice. Um, mm-hmm. Victim, the, the life of a victim or the, the martyr personality, you know, that's a choice. And it doesn't always serve people. So the chapter on choice is really to stay stop and 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 asks i'm asking me kelly stop look at the choices you're making write them down um are you where you want to be are you who you want to be um look at your bank account are you donating enough i mean these are questions these are choices can you afford to donate more give more of yourself to the community donate time or funds um just really reevaluating every choice you make because everything we do is a choice, holding anger, Mm -hmm. holding uh, funds, investing funds, friendships, time spent, everything is a choice. And just slowly recognizing that everything is a choice will allow you to make better ones, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, no, great. Um, I agree, and and thank you for sharing that because you've had – you know a journey and you've shared the choices that you know your family and all of you had to take even you just right. leaving your career from the biotech that was a choice you know right and
0: and yes. one of the things too with the chapter on choice that came from so many people when when my husband was sick and my son was sick at the same time you know so many people kept saying oh my god you're so strong look at you look at you and i'm thinking i'm not strong i would love to go to bed in the fetal position with a bowl of Haganda's ice cream and cry my eyes out. That's what I would like to do. My house was literally burning and, you know, I was just putting water out. So I had no time to cry. You know not putting water out. Putting fire out with buckets of water. It was like you know, I say in the book it was a fire burning dance. There was there was no there was no choice to be uh anything but to, or to do anything but what I was doing. Um so but at the same point, I was saying the one thing I wasn't going to do, and this was an act of choice. So I wasn't going to be a victim. I wasn't, and neither was my husband. We weren't, we weren't about to, you know. People said to blame. Oh, you've got to blame McDonald's. I don't really eat it, so I can't blame it. You know, you got to blame Big Pharma. <laughs> ah, yeah. You know, I mean, people are telling, Oh, you right. got to blame this. You got to blame that. I'm like, how about if I make the choice not to blame anybody? How about right. if I just move forward? towards wellness, and how about if I also own the responsibility that as healthy as I am, I can do better. I can have a green mm-hmm. smoothie every day, not once a week. You know, I can right. own some of my own choices.
1: Love it. Oh, my gosh, okay. I love it. Thanks. Okay. Powerful. It's powerful. And and then like how you just shared with us, when you take command of your choices, um, you, I think you take control of your life in a better you way.
0: You do. And I,
1: you know, sure. and we all we all have the capability of, to do it. Some of us just have to have to reach a little bit harder, deeper down than others. But we all have that capability to take control of our lives, and so yeah. um, just it's just wonderful. Now, I I, I have to ask you. About this one, there's a lot of talk. Um, I want to say last few years, and and I'm an Ayurvedic health practitioner, and oh, so wonderful. I am all I'm I'm all into health. I'm all into natural healing. Like I said, I was, I'm a registered nurse. I do the Western thing. I know that, like the back of my hand. But I also know the holistic thing, and I have my own journey with my health and well-being as well. But you know, lately you hear about the, you know, abundance and manifesting and um attract manifesting abundance so to speak. Can you really expect to attract abundance without putting in the work?
0: So, I don't believe so. <laughs> but i don't know you know i don't i i think like i love the whole idea of manifesting things i love the idea of the law of attraction i do believe that and and you can see it you can see it on a subway in New York City you can see it you know like attracts like if somebody mm-hmm. miserable and cranky sits next to you you get that energy there's just no ifs ands or buts now you are cranky you walk out you bump your shoulder into somebody else now they're cranky so i do believe you attract like attracts like and i do if you, i do believe that you can manifest certain things but I do see because I work in this field of um, alternative health. I do feel I do see um, one sort of scary element, and that's the person that believes that they're just going to manifest, you know, uh, eight million dollars in their bank, and and without the work, and without, and yes. so I do think you need to offer both. You need to really, I I, I subscribe to for me. My belief is law of attraction light. So, yes, law of attraction is a big part of who I am. And, you know, I love Oprah. Who? What does she say? I live, uh, like when she lives in a state of gratitude, then all of a sudden, more things that she should be grateful for come flying at her, you know. Yeah. So I believe yep. that. But I also believe that Oprah would not be the success she wa- she is without a heck of a lot of hard work. You know, she wasn't just... She just wasn't walking around grateful. (laughs) You know, and then all of a sudden a show falls in her lap. You know, she worked hard. (laughs) She was fired, right? (laughs) What Oprah do? Oh, she just walked around grateful and now look what happened to her, you know? Yeah, no. Um, That's cool that you say it that
1: way and you share it like that because I think... Sometimes what's projected out to people when it comes to manifesting and, and having abundance <laughs> is that you don't have to do anything. And I'm yes. thinking you, you you can have, you know, you can have anything in the world that you want. But, again, it's not going to fall into your lap. I can't sit at home eating bonbons on my couch watching right.
0: Ricky Lake,
1: <laughs> oh wait, Richie Lake don't come on no more. But uh, Wendy Williams, you know, I can't do that, and and just think that all of a sudden I'm just going to have a G five jet, and you know I'm going to be like, yeah. lavishing the millions, and you know be hobnobbing with who's who's in the in the world, right? It just doesn't it just doesn't happen like that. And well, so thank it's, you for sharing that. So
0: true. In um in the book, I talk about this one person that I've I came into contact with through the magazine. This was super interesting. He was. Very strong believer in the law of attraction, and he believed if he acted a certain way, like a rich, successful businessman, he would become a rich, oh, rich, famous, successful businessman. That's what he wanted to be. So he would show up at business meetings with literally an entourage – and a person who would take his picture with a big fancy camera, like we'd be meeting. I'm like, is mm-hmm. that person taking a picture of us? Like um, the paparazzi. Yeah, exa- it was the craziest thing. And you know, wouldn't you know? No lie, about two months into the business relationship, he couldn't pay his bills. So I'm like, okay, we got to really. <laughs> Think about what you're putting your money to. Maybe you should have put it towards a business plan, or a, you know, right? Not, not paying a person, and and to, to the point where he had some woman who he said was his publicist. The two, the three of us were standing there. He wouldn't speak for himself. She would say, "Well, so Robbie, what Robbie wants from your magazine?" And I'm looking right at Robbie. I'm like, "How come he is not talking? You know, like, <laughs> is, he, is Robbie mute? What is going on here? You know." It was a really and that's what uh really sort of created the drive to write that chapter because I thought law of attraction's beautiful, and I'm glad people are learning it, but there's a there is a danger to it, you know, and that that robbie he hit it. he hit the danger. <laughs>
1: Oh my goodness, that that's hilarious! But I know people like that. I mean, yes. it's as funny and as far fetched as like, what the heck? Who would do? I I don't know somebody that had like the paparazzi following them and all that, right? Maybe. Well, maybe yeah. I do, you know. <laughs> but um, you know, you know, strange things happen in California. Although I live northern <laughs> California, but yeah. But um, it, it's just like wow, I you know, and even th- some of the gurus. I don't think they mean to project it like that, but I think sometimes yes. it's projected like that because they want to hit the masses. Yes. And if you keep it simplex, you hit the masses, right? Yes. But then the danger so in that is there's those simplex people in the masses that think that's, you know, anyways, it's just a. Yeah, so, that is thank so you, true. Thank you. I that mean, it's so a truth, but it's it's kind of like the narcissism thing that's going on. It's just it's just a weird I'm into, I have, I do energy stuff and stuff, but it's just a weird vibe. It's yes. just a weird, weird vibe. Yes, like he, you're like, okay, I'm sitting, I'm,
0: why isn't he talking? You yes. know, why are you
1: talking for him? He's looking right at me. You know, right, I'm like
0: looking around, I'm like, am I being punked? Where's Ashton Kusher? Because this is crazy. Like, <laughs> I did, I thought I was being punked. I was like, is this a joke? Oh, my God. <laughs> I was, I was looking around. Where's the camera? Where's Candy camera? Where's the camera? <laughs> oh, that's so funny! I'm
1: loving this. This is okay. Let me get back on track because we we don't have that much time, and I'm having so much fun. Now, um, I like um you you also you, you know your whole book is just about all kinds of things, and I and I think when people hear about inspired living or a year of inspired living, they're going to be like, oh, what the heck? Another one of those self help feel good type <laughs> of books, you know? Right? But you guys. I'm, just check this out. It is not like that. It's not like how you think. If you went to Barnes & Noble or somewhere and picked up a book, five of them are going to be kind of like that, right? They may have some really good juice and stuff in them, but they're going to be kind of like that. But Kelly's book is not like that because she talks. She touches on things that we don't ordinarily think about when we're thinking about living an inspired life. And so one of the things you talk about or one of the things you touch upon is tomorrow. And is the future, <laughs> I love this, is the future yes. your junk closet for things you don't want to face today? You know, oh, girl, I'll put that off tomorrow. Or you even say yeah. that in your head, like, I know I need to, I know I need to pay that bill, but I'm going to put that off until tomorrow. Or I know I should go to the grocery store and get some fresh milk or whatever, or get my car serviced or whatever. You put it off to, to tomorrow. I know a lot of people do that, and then, you know, there's that old saying, but... I want you to share your wisdom and your words upon tomorrow.
0: Sure. So um the chapter on tomorrow you know it does, it was actually two-sided really because it did talk it does talk um about what are you waiting for? You know wh- why why put something off till tomorrow? Like if you're looking to start the business or or take an acting class or begin to eat healthy or take some supplements or whatever it is you're going to do, we always put everything off, just like you said, I'll pay, the, especially the bills. They're fun to put off. But all of a sudden then we've done nothing because all of a sudden you'll turn around and you'll be 48 years. You'll have had 48 years of tomorrows, and you know you don't want to find yourself in that position. But the other part of the tomorrow chapter is tomorrow is a day – that has within it forgiveness for yesterday. So I think that's really important. And, uh, you know, to be honest, I wrote that chapter um, after a, a young child in our community actually took his own life. Um, mm. And it was a, a, a boy in, oh gosh, what was he, in sixth grade at the time. um uh, mm. And then a few weeks later, another child did. And I was watching this sort of epidemic on Long Island. There was within oh, a few wow. months, three young, three young children, who were so broken on that given day. And I and I just I remember running with one of my girlfriends and just saying, it was such a terrible day for this young man today, the day that he, mm-hmm. he made this choice. But tomorrow, he could have been the day he met his new best friend, or found a teacher he connected with, or a hobby that he shined in, you know, and so I do like to say we're hard on ourselves, and maybe, you know, thank God we're not that hard on ourselves, I hope, but we are hard on ourselves, and just going to bed and saying, okay, so we gave today a try, and I yelled at my kids, and I wasn't so sweet to my husband, and I gave my boss the finger, so maybe it wasn't my (laughs) best day, But tomorrow, there's hope, and tomorrow will be better. And I think that's the flip side of tomorrow, that, you know, it's where tomorrow you can still reach all your hopes and dreams. You know, don't make it a collecting point for the things you don't want to do, like pay the bills and go to the gym. Don't make that that be your tomorrow. Make it more of that's where your hope is stored in tomorrow. So that's really the focus of that that chapter.
1: That is Beautiful, and that's a great way to end the show with that message about tomorrow. Cause yeah, had that little boy or had those children waited until tomorrow, like you said, tomorrow could have been the best day of their life. Right? You no, know? right. it
0: always so, can be. You know, for for everybody on the other end of this call, and for you and I, if today was terrific or if today was crappy. Tomorrow can be amazing, you know. And there's always mm, you can go to bed mm. with that thought. We all can go to bed tonight with that thought mm. that tomorrow can be the most inspired day we've ever had, and you can think and
1: that And You have the choice to make it an amazing yes. day. So yes. with that being said, Miss Kelly, thank you so much. But before we go, I want you to share how people can get more view, how they can get the book. Um, If you're speaking anywhere or, you know, what you're up to, but share the goods with the listeners.
0: Sure. So um, the book is called A Year of Inspired Living, and I'm the author, Kelly McGrath Martinson, and it's it's available at Barnes & Noble and at Amazon.com and also at ayearofinspiredliving.com. And the other really fun way to connect uh, with me is, my Facebook page is called Author Kelly McCrath Martinson and on the first of every month at uh we decided it's at five PM Eastern Standard Time on the first of every month, we're gonna introduce. we're gonna go live. I'm gonna go live and just sort of introduce the topic chap the chapter topics and stuff so you can come onto Facebook and speak live and ask questions if you have any questions on journaling each month so we really want it to be interactive and if you if you use any of these tools in the book and you share them on social media we ask that you use the hashtag a y o i l so hashtag iol and um we're going to kind of compile all that and run contests with those hashtags so there's a lot of ways to connect with me um you know, join our mailing list. That's an easy way, and then we can show you where everything else is.
1: <laughs> wow! Well, thank you, Kelly, for sharing. And again, you guys go to Barnes and Noble, um, Amazon.com, a year of inspired living.com. Pick up the book. I'm telling you, it's not like what you could ever imagine with regards to. Um, helping us all to live a more inspired life as we, you know, travel down our unique paths to bliss. Kelly, thank you so much for being a guest. And I want to thank our sponsors, the Health Healing and Wellness Company, healthhealingwellness.com, and All Day Cable, Inc., At uh, alldaycableinc.com for being our sponsors of the show. And I want to thank all of you for tuning in. Please feel free to share this show with those that you love and care about and those that mm, you may not care too much about. Because (laughs) the words and the wisdom and the guidance that Kelly shares with us today can help all of us make tomorrow amazing. And with that, I leave you and say thank you so very much. This is Rochelle Marie Lawson, the queen of feeling fabulous, and thank you for being with us here on Blissful Living. Until next time.
0: You can find out more about Rochelle on her website, Rochelle Lawson, R-O-C-H-E-L-E, Lawson, L-A-W-S-O-N, or at healthhealingwellness.com.